Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined as always by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And he's in the state of Pennsylvania, I'm in the state of South Dakota, and we've got quite the show planned for you today. I'm not going to say much because Jake has a wonderful intro and I'm going to let him really kick things off, but today's going to be a slightly different episode than usual. It is Current Events Monday, so of course we're tying in our discussion today to current events, and it's obviously going to pertain to something that's happening today that we think is important for you to know about, but we do have a fairly large conversation topic that we think is really, really important that we want to talk about pertaining to that piece of current news, those current events that are happening today. So anyways, yep, that's what's happening. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm super stoked. Jake's excited. So let's do this thing. So by the way, we have a website, trdshow.net. Please check it out. We got some cool stuff there. Um, and follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram or follow us on Gab and Getter if you like free speech because we're on those platforms and we post almost literally every single day all sorts of different stuff and by the way if you're not following us on those platforms you missed out on a big announcement we made on friday talking about the new book we're starting this week which you'll notice is on our bookshelves uh, conveniently <laughs> if you're new to the show that's a thing we do here at the reformed dissenters we read a book on the show every month and we always have that book on our bookshelves so if you're wondering what the book is it's the most predominant book on the shelf, <laughs> besides either one of us. And uh, not that we're books on shelves, but the books that are next to us. That's what I was getting at there. So check Jake's out, book. yeah, that book. Jake's, Jake's showing it off. Yeah, and it's, it's this guy here. So Angels in the Architecture, we're starting on Wednesday. I couldn't be more excited. And I mean that because this is probably, this is a huge, huge shift in terms of most of the books we've read on this show historically. Um and it's super, super exciting. So more on that on Wednesday. Anywho, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. If you're excited about this book and you're you know, wondering, hey, what is this? Or where can I get a copy of this? Or, hey, you guys are wearing ties. What's with that? You know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So um before we get into our current events today talking about and discussing this piece of current events which is shrouded in mystery by this point um we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and it's actually one verse this week surprise we didn't Yay. do the usual i know we managed to restrain ourselves and not do like three verses <laughs> so um but that doesn't mean that this verse is any less powerful than anything we've done before. In fact, this verse is actually one we have covered historically, but now we want to take a slightly different angle on it and tie it in with the rest of the context, a little bit more context of this particular chapter we're about to discuss. Massive, massive verse. This is probably one of the most hopeful verses of victory for the Christian and the king that we serve uh, in the whole Bible. So our verse this week, whole week, is Daniel 7 verse 14. Here we go. It says, and to him, meaning Christ, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. And again, that's Daniel 7, verse 14. So that reference, if the only reference, the only two references 
because you want to memorize God's favorite Bible verse, Psalm 110, verse 1. But if you're going to memorize another reference, this is the one to memorize. This is the most potent, powerful verse of hope in terms of the kingdom and dominion and glory. Uh, that message, this verse is just incredible for that. And what's fascinating is that we see this dominion, this power, this glory, this kingdom. We have a timeline as to when that was given to Christ, right? Back in Psalms chapter 2, we see God says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Then we see the devil when he tempts Christ and says, Hey, worship me and I'll give you all these kingdoms. And what does Christ say? He says, Worship no one but God. He doesn't deny the fact that the devil had all of those kingdoms, had power over those things. But then what do we see after Christ's death and resurrection? We see all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. That was the pivotal point in history. That was when God made the nations his inheritance. That was when this verse in Daniel 7, 14, this passage was fulfilled. This passage was, was um, it became a reality, right? To him was given dominion and glory in a kingdom that all people's nations and languages should serve him. That's happening today. And you'll, you might be wondering, you might notice over the past couple of weeks, we've had this dominion theme. That's for a reason. We've been spending a lot of time talking about dominion. And maybe you're like, huh, why are they doing that? Maybe you didn't even notice. So if you didn't notice, there you go. We've been purposefully spending a lot of time talking about dominion for a reason. Uh, one, of that, one of those reasons is because as Christians, it's our responsibility to understand what dominion is and how we're supposed to take dominion on this earth and understand first and foremost that we are supposed to take dominion. What does that look like, though? What's fascinating is that a little further down in this chapter, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, we see these words, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Um, and that's Daniel seven twenty-seven. So what we see there is that we, as the saints of the most high, as the royal priesthood, as the, the nation of priests, what we see here is that we are given dominion. We're given some of that authority and we're told to exercise that authority. We're told to take dominion over this earth. We, as people created in the image of God, have that dominion built into our nature. We have no choice but to take dominion. It's part of our nature as human beings. And so our job as Christians is to not push against that and say, nope, we can't take dominion because why paint a sinking ship? No, that is complete insanity. Our job as Christians is to say, how should we take dominion over this earth now that all authority begin belongs to Christ? And now that he's delegating that to his servants, how do we exercise that properly? And so today, I'll pass it over to Jake in just a second, but we're about to talk about a really big, big, big uh, perspective and facet of that dominion and talk about how it's been warped and twisted in our modern day and hopefully talk a little bit about how to get it back, how to fix that. So take it away, Jake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about this change and what we're doing differently this episode. Don't worry. It's this episode. You don't. It's we're not changing the current events going forward. We're going to keep it the same, but unless they like this us. week, yeah, unless you all want us to change it to this, <laughs> this is fine. I mean, we like do, doing this type of stuff. I mean, we have a whole topic episode to talk about this type of stuff, but 
Um, I think this time there have been a lot of articles recently, and and I I just recently thought of one uh, that I would like to also bring up, uh, not an actual article, but bring up a, a situation and thing that happened. Um, but this week we are doing things again a little differently, and we're going to bring up less articles, but instead talk about a bigger topic, right? Of a lot of the things that have gone on recently to kind of bring them together and break them down into what is the big picture? What is the big issue here that we can work at fixing? Um, now, kind of to set this up, I want to quickly remind you and take you back to um, what I had said a couple weeks ago. I don't know how many exactly, but when the, pub, when the Republican Party, I had said before, when the Republican Party gets a win, the left just jumps all over it, over them, as if <clears throat> as if the right wins all the time, and they are just controlling everything. They said it when when we got a win with Roe v. Wade. They said it was a right-controlled Supreme Court, which is not true. <laughs> um, then they said it with um with uh what was it us getting uh McCarthy in. I, I think that was that was a kind of a win in the sense that we kind of held it back. I think there was another win that I was talking about before. But, again, all these different things. Now, you know, I could keep talking about this type of stuff. But I think before I go on, let me tell you what I'm talking about first. So you kind of understand what I'm talking about when, and what Bruce is going to be going over. Uh and I think Bruce has a lot to say on this matter, certainly. So I will go through this as quick as I possibly can to hand it back over to him. So, like I said earlier, today we are not focusing on articles. We are focusing on a big problem in current event politics. In current politics. And that problem is feminism. However... There are several facets that can be explored. There are several arguments, several different areas of this feminism that we could take and talk about. But, um, and I think Bruce will go into some of them. I will go into some of them as well. Um, I want to, in what brings this up, and let me quickly bring up the article that I kind of want to discuss. Um, what in this is brought up because of what happened most recently with uh, Rashida Tlaib in, Ooh, in Congress. I'm saying that five times fast. Yeah. I think she's in the House. Yeah. McCarthy was, was elected to the House, right? He's the Speaker of the oh, House. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think this is the House. And, and this is all stemming off of the squad. Uh, for those that don't know what the, the squad is, uh, people are calling it the squad, but it is a group of four Democratic women. Um, well, all just completely insane. Yep. Um, obviously not in a good way. But um, <laughs> but these four are, as mentioned before, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, AOC, and Presley. Her last name is Presley. Is it Ayana Presley? I was going to say, she needs a weird name if she's going to fit into that, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Presley would make the cut. Yeah, but her last name is Presley. <laughs> but um, moving on to what happened is that during a congressional meeting where Ilan Omar 
was being booted out of a committee seat uh, because of all the Republicans now. It, the, the, the House is a Republican run. It is now a majority Republican. So they make these Not types that of that changes. means much, but... Yeah, exactly. But they can change stuff. They can elect who goes to certain committee seats. And in response to Ilan Omar being taken out and someone else being brought into this one committee seat, the committee seat doesn't even matter. So I'm not even going to bring that up. But Rashida Tlaib got up and gave a speech that if we weren't in such an emotional period and an emotional age in America, it would have been seen as complete and utter hysteria. <laughs> just insanity. Just like complete and utter just like, what is happening here? Why? Why? <laughs> of course, everybody else saw sympathy. Everybody else tried to give sympathy. Um, but but Tlaib, just in the middle of her speech, just broke down crying, which if this were to happen once, I think it kind of be could have been like just written off and just been like, oh, okay, okay, it happened one time, you know? Yeah. I think the problem is that this is a several time occurrence. And it's mm-hmm. not only with Rashida Tlaib, this is with all of the squad members, those four people that I mentioned before. Um, and not just crying, this is just insanity and hysteria. Um, yeah. Emotional arguments to the, the yes. kinds of speeches they yeah. make to the theatricalness of the whole yes. deal. Was it and who then, was it that was uh, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was the office across from her? This was like 2020, but there was like a flag battle going on where they would each put out a flag. They put up the pride <laughs> flag, and then she put out a Christian cross, and then they would put up a transgender flag, and then she would put up a mosaic or a, a Noahic covenant flag or something like that. You know, <laughs> American flag. You know, like it's just theatrics like that where it's yeah. just yeah it does nothing but it's they instigated it and so it's like okay you know <laughs> yeah and one of the things i want to mention as just a, like a funny point there is a clip I, I think you should go to this article that i'm going to bring up i i don't bring up the article but i will definitely have the link in the description um but i would Look at this, because there are a lot of like weird and funny clips of a bunch of these types of things happening with all of the squad members. But um, one of them, one of the funniest, is AOC jumping around like a little child while she's trying to give a speech. What? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. I don't think you needed the word like A. Yeah, okay. It's AOC <laughs> jumping around as a child. As the child speech. that she is. As, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was it? There is um slightly offensive. Uh just every single time he has this one short clip in like his like intro. It's um what is it? Saying that AOC was a bartender is offensive to bartenders because I actually, actually like, bartenders. like bartenders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, end with that and pass it over to you, Bruce. Yeah, it's my what I want to talk about. Not I will spend a ton of time, but my my header for this this whole section that I want to chat about is feminism is literally the worst thing 
to happen to Western civilization over the last century. So feminism is one of the worst things to happen to Western civilization for a lot of reasons. Feminism is one of the most predominant and in inculcated ideologies that's poisoning American culture today. Over the last century in our culture, like the despotic cancer that it truly is, feminism has metastasized at a horrifying rate. The really sad part is that evangelicals have largely done nothing to stop it. Pastors have generally not preached on it or counseled members strongly on this topic. And as goes the pulpit, so goes the culture. So we get women leadership in the family, in the church, and in the political realm. And as naturally follows, we get effeminate men in all those positions and more. This just it exponentially increases. We get women leadership in all of these areas, and as follows, as a result of that, we get men who are effeminate and in those positions, in addition to several others where, hey, I don't have to take responsibility for the family, so I'm not going to take responsibility in these areas either. And that has bubbled into so much corruption today. It can, we, we can't possibly overstate the ridiculousness, the, the trouble that that has gotten us into as a culture today, the rot that that has caused in America. Um, because men have allowed women to rule over them, they have lost the foundation of what it means to be a man, taking initiative, leading, and protecting those under their care. And we're going to talk a lot more about this uh, throughout this episode as well. But that that's kind of my introduction to this topic. Now, as a result of this, women leadership over a country on a political level, since that's kind of what we're, we're tying this into current events, women leadership over a country is very clearly a sign of judgment over that country. Isaiah 3, chapter 3, verse 8 says, For Jerusalem has stumbled, and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. Verse 9 of that same chapter goes on and says, Woe to them! For they have brought evil upon themselves. And then finally, we see judgment from God because of this. And in verse 12, we find my people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. So clearly, that's judgment from God for the evil that they've done in their nation. He gives us women rulers. And that was meant to just blow people away at the time. I mean... Infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. That was meant to put these people to shame. It should put us to shame today, but it isn't because our culture has been so immersed in the lie of feminism, the, the, the ridiculousness, irrationality of feminism. And we've allowed that to taint so much of what we do. So I, I'll get into gender roles and biblical authority established from creation a little bit later. Um, but I'll pass it back to Jake for now, just to kind of continue down this train of what's happening. Um, and then we'll circle back around to this yeah. a little bit later. So what I want to bring up is it is different than this other, other article. Um, and the reason I thought of this is actually what you brought up, Bruce, in talking about when women, women rule over them. This was hmm. another topic that I think was kind of there was a whole list of like current events that I could have done for this week and this was one of the articles in the list and I ended up not choosing that but I'm going to bring it in anyways 
because I think it fits. It works. Um, Jason Whitlock. I don't know if you know who Jason Whitlock is. Or talking to the audience, I'm pretty sure Bruce knows who's new knows who it is. Um, but we did, after all, hear him speak in Knoxville, exactly. Tennessee yeah. last year. So yeah. <laughs> um, so Jason Whitlock did a very interesting interview with Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. on Fox News, and talking about the Tyree Nichols uh, case. And for those that don't know, Tyree Nichols was a black person in a bigger city that was attacked by five cops. It wasn't said necessarily. It doesn't want to be, they don't want to report on it, but those five cops were all black as well. There was a lot of stuff going on, but uh, Jason Willock does an amazing job on Tucker Carlson's show as well, when he did the interview with Tucker Carlson about this, and did an amazing job in equating this not to any type of racism thing, not to that cops are out of control, not to anything that we would think that he would link it to, but he linked it to women being in charge. Wow. Exactly. The, the chief of police... In, in the precinct that those five cops came from was a black woman. She's the chief hmm. of police. Wow. And he does an amazing job tying it together. And I think you definitely should go try and find, first of all, his interview with Tucker Carlson. But on the blaze, they have his his whole talk hmm. on his show. And I would go to that as well. It's yeah. amazing. And how he correlates it and makes the connection but this just made me think of that and i thought i would mention that just to say just to bring up another piece of evidence in this factor just to give you another piece of evidence in the in the real world to say yes this is true this is actually playing out um yep oh look at that the when the bible says something it's true yeah it pans out (laughs) that type of stuff happens Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it really makes it a nation under judgment, like you were saying, when a yeah. woman rules over them. Yep. And yep, we are seeing that. We're seeing the reason why it becomes a nation under judgment because of these types of things that happen. Um. So, and going back, what I was saying before, because I just thought of this, is because he was. I think he was making the point. That without the father in the home, without a father figure in on as controlling over them, as the person ruling over them, they, they there's there's a problem and it's a breakdown of the roles. And I think Bruce, you'll you'll talk about that a little bit more. But I just thought I would bring that up again as yeah. another piece of evidence. Again, but go check out Jason Whitlock's show and also look at his interview on Fox News on Tucker Carlson's show because yeah. that that was really good. Yeah, and what we need are more people who acknowledge the patriarchy as not being something evil but is extremely biblical. I mean, you have the original patriarchs, Abraham, Moses, you have all of those original patriarchs um which just means father rule, that's what patriarchy means. Um but you need Christians who understand 
that understand what that actually means. And it, uh, we're not weak about it. Um, it's Zachary Garris has a wonderful book. It's on Cam Plus if you just want to listen to the audio version. Um, physical book is like that thick, but it's really, really good. It's, it's a fantastic book called Masculine Christianity. And he actually spends a lot of chapters in that book going a, a re, uh, it's like a full scale rebuttal against complementarian complementarianism. That's a big word. Um, now they complementarians go against egalitarians, which is great. That that's good, but they didn't do it in the right way. And one of the things that he reasserts is that we have gender roles and we have biblical ideas of biblical authority and hierarchy that were established from the creation order. That's where they come from. When Paul makes his argument about patriarchy and about gender roles and biblical hierarchy, he makes it from creation. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 through 15, we find an interesting justification of biblical gender roles. It says, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was first uh, was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. And again, that's 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. There's a lot more there. 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 2 through 16 talks about this as well. So check all of those out. Um, but if you're looking for more information on this topic, check out a book that I was just mentioning masculine christianity by Christ, uh, zachary garris wonderful book on this topic but I, I wanted to bring this up because it's not enough for us to just say well it's not enough for us to just be complementarians it's not enough for us to just say men and women complement each other in these wonderful ways and they should just be equal in the household and they should do no that that's not gonna work that was um an ineffective attack that was an ineffective rebuttal that came up over the last century mm -hmm. trying to attack egalitarians and feminism and complementarianism just it failed it was like a whimper from yeah. a dying animal that did nothing really it was just vapor so we need something much much more substantial and so for that we go right to the bible <laughs> we find something far more substantial than complementarianism um jake before i move on before I kind of wrap things up, was there another section you wanted to get to, or should I go into my final points? There, there were certainly a bunch of things that I could, I could say. Um, one of them being, especially with what you just said about the equal, I think, you know, something that Doug Wilson has said is that, and I've said on the show before is that you the woman is submissive to the husband. The wife is submissive to the husband. But it doesn't mean they aren't equal. Right. Um, Christ, At, the son... a really good point. Yeah. I've heard you make this before. This, yeah. is, this is really, really good. The son, God the son, submits to God the father. Mm -hmm. But God the son is equal with God the yep. father. Yep. The, the husband and the wife are equal... But the wife submits to the husband. It doesn't make them any less equal. Yes. Amen. They have different yep. power. And another thing I want to say is that to to think about it, like give this some thought. When you think about it, the wife has an amazing gift and ability and power. God has given the wife yeah. 
amazing control because she has the control of our child. She gets to train that child, especially if you're homeschooling. And I think this is why homeschooling should be done because without homeschooling, you have a, uh, off balance of, of your, your power. But I would say the wife has a ton of power because she gets to train the children. Yeah. She gets to shape the next husbands. Yeah. Those husbands that have those husbands that have the the control over the wife, mm-hmm. the wife gets to control those next husbands. Yeah. Th- that is amazing power right there. Um of course it has to be done biblically, which right. gives her another power. So, I'll yep. I'll give that back to you, Bruce. But there is something to think about, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really wonderful point to to bring up. That's really really good. Um, so to to round things out, we've we've qualified, we've balanced, we've discussed, we've gone back and forth, we've talked about the problem, we've talked about what's currently happening, we've tied in all of these different current events. What's the solution? How do we fix this? How do we get out of this hole? How do we repair whatever's left of this society that's been rotten to the core by the lie of feminism? We actually find an answer to that in the Bible, of course. Go figure. Um, and the answer is act like men. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14 says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Acting like men means taking initiative, leading, protecting the weak and innocent, and taking dominion. We see in Genesis 2.15 that men are to be workers and protectors, along with everything else that falls under those umbrellas. And there's so much that goes into both of those categories. Notice also that in all of this, we are to act in love. As men, we act in love while doing all of those things while taking initiative, while leading, while protecting the weak and innocent, and while taking dominion. We act in love. But we're not only talking about love or falling for the modern simplification of love down to raw emotion. We're talking about doing all things with love, with a biblical love, with a biblical definition of what that actually means, which doesn't mean we water down what it means to be a man. We do this the right way. And when men start acting like men, again, when men start being strong in the faith, being watchful, being firm in the faith, that's when things will start to change. That's when we will start to turn this country around. And we're beginning to see that in small pockets. We're starting to see movements grow. We're starting to see things pop up here and there. But we need more. We need more men standing up and leading their families, leading their children, leading in their churches. We need men in the pulpit to be men again, to preach the full counsel of God, whatever the ramifications may be. We need more men who are willing to die for their faith or lose money for their faith or lose members in their church. We need more men who stand up and say, I'm going to preach the full counsel of God no matter what it costs me. And I'm not going to preach a limited, truncated gospel message any longer. And it doesn't matter what denomination you're in, when you're preaching that, you need to be preaching the full counsel of God. So that's what I'll leave you with. Act like men, stand up, 
take initiative, preach the full counsel of God, call on your pastors to do that. And as we always say, if they're not doing that, leave. If they're not doing that, you can't convince them to. They won't listen, then leave. Find a church that needs your support, needs you as a man working to support that, that church, a solid church, one that's preaching the full gospel of the kingdom that Christ reigns. Support that church, help that church grow, put down roots and grow it. Don't waste your time in a church that isn't going to grow and that is going to peter out after years because they won't make disciples of all the nations. Anyways, there's a lot more that can be said on this topic, but we are two minutes over time. Jake, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Nope. Nope. Cool. Well, dude, great idea. By the way, this was for all of you who were wondering, this was Jake's idea. Um, also, <laughs> partly uh, our research team has a cool idea to bring all this kind of all these articles and stuff up so that was really cool as well um so we hope you enjoyed hope that hopefully this was um insightful and gave you some things to study and if you have any questions comments or maybe concerns send them all to trdshow at protonmail.com we are looking forward to hearing from you and we'll see you on wednesday when we begin our brand new book super super excited about this book angels in the architecture by douglas wilson and douglas jones this is a cool book. You do not want to miss our Wednesday episode. I don't think I've been this excited for a book in a while. This, this, is, this is really cool stuff. Um, and until then, everyone, remember, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.